God bless you, Steve. Thanks, Ian. Thank you. I was talking with Kimberly this morning and I saw your sound guy come out to wire me up and I thought he'd stolen a hoodie. And I said to him, oh, the Dream Centre. Um, it's in LA and it's an incredible place and it's inspired me way back, I think it was 2003 or four or something like that. And there's two books out that if you're making notes. One of them is The Church That Never Sleeps by uh, Tommy Barnett. And the other one's a new one by Matthew, his son, that actually runs a dream centre. And it's called The Cause Within You. And wow. I liked it so much, I got it downloaded on my thing on the, whatever it is. I bought about 10 of them through the Elam Bookstore and given them away to people. It's, I love doing that. You know, you read a book that blows you away, go and buy it and give it away to people and see what it looks on when they, they say, oh, you want it back? No, pass it on. I don't want it back. But that, the cause within you, explains what cause that God has put within you. And you can see what he's put in within me today. So I just thought I'd say that bit extra. I'll just start my stopwatch because I'm on timing here. Just a little bit of a biblical background as to what, why we did what we did. And it kind of helps me being a background with a Presbyterian type person. And you marry a Pentecostal, things go fast for a Presbyterian, which is good. So if any Presbyterians here, marry Pentecostals if you can. So it's just a little hint here. But is it a good idea or a God idea that you've got on you? And very quickly, you get to know whether it's a good idea or a God idea. Because um, you always come up with ideas. And it doesn't matter, just if, it, if everything goes in flow, doesn't mean that's a God idea. Because his timings, well, I think, have got to be looked at. You know, it's taken him five years to do things on what we're doing in our ministry that I was hoping he would do on day one. But that's one thing we looked at when we, we come home, we talk about, is this a good idea or a God idea? So that's one little thing that we, we bear in mind. And, another, and the biblical background for what we're doing is we believe that God is drawn to movement. <clears throat> a lot of Christians will wait for a cheque to arrive in the letterbox, they'll wait to a committee meeting or they'll wait or wait or wait and they'll find reasons to wait uh, on waiting for God. It's like that picture of that skeleton on a park bench waiting and it's a woman skeleton waiting for the perfect man. You know, it ain't going to happen. You know, um, <clears throat> and we, we looked upon that, you either, you do not move without God's guidance or you don't expect God's guidance until you move. And we're the second school and we've done that time and time again and it's scary the other one's the easy one I'm waiting for God and you can blame him but the other one is when you move what we have found he moves and things click in that could never have clicked in without God being involved and it's kind of there's a preacher called Danny Guglamucci who once quoted about I know when I have a clever thought it's from God because it's a clever thought and we have that. It's exact. I keep thinking of Danny Guglielmucci. These clever thoughts can only be from God. Um, and you look at Abraham. Looked at. I think it was Hebrews eleven talks about how he obeyed and went, but did not know where he was going. You know, there's another one here, Jonathan, and it's a story in one Samuel where he was in a tent and he talked to his armour bearer about attacking the Philistines. And they said, well, there's only two of us. You know, look, hey, if we move, God will come with us. And you'll read the story and God came and they won, two of them. The baddies thought there were thousands coming, there were just two. But they moved and God moved with them. 
Um, and we've done that from day one, as you'll see. And it shocked me because we believe passionately about that. But when God kicks in, it even shocks, well, clearly doesn't shock my Pentecostal wife, but it, it shocks this Presbyterian man here. Um, and yet, so the one that's got me of late is before they call, I will answer. And we used to pray, say, God, would you do something? And then God would do something. And then we would think about God doing something and God would do something. And then we didn't think about God doing something and God did something, so we started thinking. You know, and all, and it's got to the point now where I'm so scared in, my, in the car, I don't wanna think, because God's ahead of me. And, I'm, you know, and we've had stories like, how am I gonna get bread for all these schools? And my phone rings, and I went, oh, and I don't know the number. I said, hello, she said, hello, Steve Farrelly, yes. Can I meet you for a coffee? And I said, you know, a young lady, and I'm going, oh, well, hey, Nosh, Glenness, great place to meet for coffees. And she said, I own Abe's Bagels. As much bread as you want, you're gonna get. How much do you want? And I went, I was just thinking about that, and the phone call come within minutes of me thinking, and I went, you up to it again. You know, it's like, has Brenda got a, a bug in my car, or God's got something in my car? And I think it's lucky that's a two-seater and no one sits next to me, that's God's seat, you know? And he's going, hey, hey, I've got an idea, Steve. And I go, oh, shut up, don't tell me, you know? But time and time again, these prayers have been answered, and it's, wow. And, and the last one is where um, Jesus' mission statement and when I first heard that, Brenda came back from a conference in America with Dutch Sheets. And Dutch Sheets said, obey Jesus' mission statement about looking after the poor and then blah, 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 which is all in um, Luke, Luke 4.18 and Isaiah repeats it and or has it beforehand in Isaiah 61. And she came back and said, Steve, I think this is the word that you need to read. So as you, when your wife tells you you need to read, you read it. And I listened to this word from Dutch Sheets and went, wow. So I go to church on Sunday going, wow. And Andrew Norton gets up there and preaches on Jesus' mission statement. And I come home to Brenda going, there's two, we're on. Let's work out how we're gonna do this mission statement. And that's, that's the seed that started us going. So that's our kind of our biblical statements for what we do. We started in 2000, well, this was 2006 when I talk about Brenda coming back from the conference. But it, was, it took to July 2010 when we got a, we had a whole lot of exercise books and we took them to Ramwick Park School. And the headmaster, the deputy principal there said, Steve, can you sit down? I have a problem and I think you could help. And this is great because she's not Presbyterian and she's not Pentecostal, she's Catholic. I went, whoa, Catholics get those sort of clever ideas. So I listened, I listened to her and she's an incredible woman. And she, and she, she was crying and she said, kids are coming to school hungry. Kids are not coming to school because they're hungry. Our school role has dropped considerably. Let's do something together to get these kids back to school. So, wow, she says, we have a social worker, let's work together. So she said, why don't I just tell the kids, come to school, we'll feed you. And I'm like, oh, she's talking like a Pentecostal. You know, let's just, <laughs> and she did that. All these kids came and we fed them. And we didn't know how we were gonna do it. Brendan and I had a budget we'd spend each month and I was constantly being told off for going over budget. But we fed these kids. We started with only eight kids on day one um, and they wouldn't talk to me for a fortnight. Everything was eyebrows. It was, good morning, thank you for breakfast, see you tomorrow. Yeah, it was no English spoken. And when I asked them their names, they couldn't spell them, their long names they had. So it was no language, it was just, and that's how it went for two weeks. And very quickly we got 50, 70 kids turning up. 
And we, we supplied anything that they wanted, stationery, uniforms, clothing. Any time we heard a need from the social worker, we would find it and, and meet that need. So that's how we started very early in the piece. Um, I remember the first question they asked me, was I white? Which was interesting, I thought, work it out. But they say, are you a Palangi? And I didn't know whether to hit them or kiss them or cuddle them. <laughs> I said, I'll come back to you, I'll find out what a Palangi is and I'll let you know. But that's how innocent they are. They, they don't look at white as a colour, it's a type of person. And I didn't want to be white for what they thought a white person was. And they would go home and tell their parents what this Palangi is doing at our breakfast clubs. And all of a sudden it brought in the community. And it takes a child to change a community, not the other way around. So, yeah, but very quickly, we started seeing miracles happening that kind of shocked me. Um, being a Presbyterian, <laughs> married to a Pentecostal. One of our ladies came up to me and she was gay, adopted a, a married adoption child and she was in charge of the whole of Ramwick Park community. So what she said went. So she said, Steve, I want you to let you stand up as you do. Pray for me. And I went, oh yeah. Now, out in the playground, the kids are running around us. I said, well, what do you want? I want you to pray to your God. I have not got a home. I need a state house. And I'm going, does the government loan state houses to this sort of person? With the, you know, and, I went, oh. and then I'm going, does God do this sort of thing? You know? And, but you've put on the spot, pray to your God. And I went, okay, let's pray. So full on we prayed and I hopped in my car and I felt like apologising to God. Like, sorry about that, God, I didn't have no warning. <laughs> you know, I don't know, we look after gay people with, with uh, unofficial children. She rang me within the hour, said, Steve, thank you, I've got a state house. Can you come around and help me clean it on the weekend? And I went, God, you know, you've done a dirt on me having to clean the home. And she sat there when I cleaned the home with a water blaster. She sat in a, in a chair and gave me directions of what I was missing. <laughs> but, you know, don't limit what we think God's going to do or not going to do, because we have no idea. You know, we, we think in our own lives, well, God doesn't like this or do that. No, wrong. Eh. You know, God loves everybody. And He had a place for this lady. And she was a strong woman, no teeth. Lovely lady, Wana. We just loved her to bits and we ran her. But mate, when she said jump, how high, Wana? No trouble, Wana. Then the, because the community found out about what God did for Wana, it was about a month later, a house burnt down and the guy, one of my ladies, turned up to see the house in flames and he said, I need to talk to Steve to talk to his God. So the lady rings me, hey, Pete wants to talk to you to talk to your God. And I'm like, oh, I put Pete on. What's, Pete, what's happened? My house burned down. Oh, what did you do, Pete? <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't me. And Pete's a little simple. And he said, I've got no furniture, I've got nothing. Can you pray to your God? Housing Corp are gonna give me a new home? But I've got nothing, Steve. Okay, so I Facebooked it. And within seven days, we fully furnished a new home with curtains, whiteware, beds, bedding, food, complete new home within a week. Well, that got into the community, you know, and I went, wow. Because again, you're bringing in God into the fact that, and He comes up trumps, and you'll go, oh, rather than a lot of people go, oh, I knew God would do that. You know, and it's, wow, but what did that do to the community when they saw what God was doing through us at Breakfast Club? You know, through the children, it opened up so many doors that what God can do, you know, and here's us of limited faith. It really shocked me about, wow, this God of ours is, He can do anything. But I've been saying that for years and years and years, but actually didn't kind of believe it. You know, and I go home and say, Brenda, guess what God did? She goes, oh yeah, well, that's what God does. Oh, I better tell the Presbyterians that, you know, we, we didn't know that. But it, 
don't you dare go to Andrew Norton and say what I'm talking here today. <laughs> but then we had Desol 10 schools ringing us and saying, we heard what you're doing, we wanna give you food. So they started giving us food for our food bank in, in Glenlinus. Then the Herald found out about what we're doing after about three years. And they wanted to write an article about us to have a go at the government. And we said, no, we won't cooperate with you. We don't believe that it's the government's role to feed our kids. We think the government has a role, but not the role. And there's a God factor here. So we're not interested. Well, they went to the school and the school put pressure on us. So they did a little article and Hubbard's rung us as a result of that little article and said, come and see us. So Brenda and I go along there and you're in the car as your husband and wife do and you, you right, plan A, we're gonna get for this and then we're gonna ask for that, okay? And if that doesn't work out, we'll go for C, right? We walk in the door and the guy, the CFO says, whatever you want, you're gonna get, so what do you want? And I went, that's plan D. And I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to get coached to my wife like, no, no. I said, can we go out and come back, you know? And that's how Hubbard started on this little article in the Herald and they, they're giving us $50,000, $75,000 a year worth of food that we're giving to other food banks. Uh, uh, and this is the CFO there. And then I rang up the Herald to thank them. So I'll give them some feedback. So I rang up the Herald and say, hey, Joe Bloggs, yeah? I just thought, I'll thank you. Well, the Herald aren't used to people ringing them up and thanking them for articles. And this guy was stunned and he goes, well, well, okay. And he said, is there anything else I could do for you? And I said, well, funny you should ask. I have a friend of mine that writes for your paper. And he goes, oh, who's that? And I said, oh, you know, Alexia Santamaria. Oh, I know her, he said. And I said, hang on. And so he goes off to the editor and he comes back and says, Steve, we have 2,000 words that are spare for Saturday's Herald. Do you want to take them? So I said, yep. So then I rang up Alexia and said, hey, you've got 2,000 words to do on me by Saturday. And that was a, a double page spread in the Herald, which would cost thousands. And we got for nothing by simply thanking someone for what they did. So it's another little, put that in your thing, thank people. <laughs> it worked out well. So the progress that we've made. Um, we started with a garden to table that the kids are learning to grow veggies. And the kids at Ramwick Park entered a, f a cooking competition at the Langham Hotel, which one of the top ones in Auckland, if not the top one in Auckland. And our little darlings, they did a phyllo pastry vegetable pie. In reality, they did a ham one but they had to take the ham out and they put the vegetable one in and they entered that and it won. And so the Langham Hotel came to Ramwick Park in the middle of Rangarewa and put on a lunch for them, high tea lunch. And our kids were looking at these sandwiches and opening them up and seeing sprouts on them and, you know. But what it did to these kids was huge that they could enter a competition with all the decile 10 schools in Auckland and kick their butt on doing something that they did naturally, which was cook, grow food, cook, Naturally, and then we started thinking we should be supporting this more. And we got a hold of New World, and they started giving them more food and utensils, and it just went from boom, boom, boom. And we decided from that point that every school that we go to, we will put a garden to table process in to teach the kids to grow and bring them back to where we were as kids. And our state house block in Iraqi, we had a big garden, and every neighbour had a big garden, and that's gone. We want to bring that back. And then we said, I come home one day and I said to Brenda. I want to put a sports academy in. And she goes, uh-oh, what do you mean? I said, well, we could, these kids are good at sport. Why don't we put a sports academy at Ramwick? So well, how much do you want? I said, about $10,000 a year. Well, let's think about that. I'll Facebook it. So I Facebooked this idea. Well, unbeknown to me, one of my friends, I've got three of them on Grants One, I've got two others on Facebook. 
And, and, and this other guy, he's the other guy's good. And he come back to me and he was in the police with me and he said, Steve, I'm now on Rotary, Rotary Epsom. We would love to give you $10,000 a year for this project. Let's meet and have a coffee. And that's how it went. And after two years, we, we started putting trips to the blues and trips to the breakers and trips to the silver ferns and all that sort of stuff. One of our kids, I went and watched them play rugby and we bought them brand new jerseys. We had Hubbards on the front and New World on the sleeve and all these things all over. And they looked a million dollars, Canterbury jerseys. And this guy, I watched them play their first game and Nathaniel's his name. And he was fullback and he scored five tries by half time, but he could have scored seven. So I go up to him at half time and I say, here you little brat, what are you doing? He's like, we're winning. I don't need to score anymore. I said, what say I pay you every time you score? Oh, he says, different game, different game. <laughs> Well, that tournament he scored 14 tries. You know, and I almost needed a witness every time he played, you know, because I didn't trust him. You know. Well, at the end of that year, he scored 48 tries at Ramwick Park School. He went down to Tauranga to the Ames games and played touch down there. Ty Lavia, who's the coach at St. Kennigan's, went down to the Ames games to look at two kids that he'd seen the year before to see how they were progressing. And he walks along the the track looking for this game and he spots our jerseys and he knew our jerseys because he was helping coach our kids at rugby and he saw the Hubbard's jerseys and he saw this boy playing fullback and he's a skinny looking Samoan boy but he, he just crunches and tackles. He's a, he's a completely different boy off the paddock than he's on the paddock and he was, his defence was incredible and Ty said, I want that boy. So Ty said, I want that mum and the boy to come to school. Steve, can you bring them to school? So Brenda and I take them to school and mum's coming from Ramwick Park, looking at 100 acres of land at St. Kendigan's, going, my kid can't afford to come here. What am I doing here? And so she starts talking negative to Brenda. Now her background's Mormon background, and so Brenda starts hitting her with the, these Pentecostal ideas about what God can do with your son. Well, what came out of it, he got offered a $100,000 scholarship to St. Kendigan's, a full scholarship. He didn't pay for uniform, he didn't pay for his computer, he paid for actually nothing. And this is the guy that God saw the talent that this boy had got, used that talent, got tied there. So we thought, they said, the problem that you're going to have with this boy is that almost English is a second language. He's going to need help in, this, in our school. So we gathered together all these business people around him. And when, the, when St. Kennigan saw what we had done there and we invited Ty to come to a meeting, he said, I have another boy. I wonder whether you kids, you guys here can take him on. And here is a, a story where 15 years ago, Fiji Rugby toured Te Araroa, which is in the middle of nowhere, middle of the North Island, two and a half hours in from Gisborne. And at the aftermatch function, one of the players slept with one of the local wahinis, and out of it came this little boy, who's now six foot five, size 16 feet, playing incredible rugby in Te Araroa and Hicks Bay. And St. Kent's hear about him, go and spot the guy and says, we need this guy. You know, look at him, he's just a giant and he's a, he's, he, his whole way of life is 100 years old. He goes hunting all the time for food for the family. He's, just, he's like Colin Meads was in his day, never trained for rugby, but was super fit. And this is how this boy turned out. And they said, can you take him on board? Well, we, the mother, unbeknown to us, was praying that God would identify her son's talent and, and put people around him that would take him to his full benefit. We've had him for a few months now. We brought him around for dinner soon after he arrived at St. Kent's, nearly ate the, the table that he was sitting at. 
he was struggling with this chicken that we put in front of him and Brenda saw him with this two silver things he had in his hand and he was trying to work out what he was gonna do with these utensils and Brenda goes, just your hands and he just picked up this chicken and devoured it in front of Brenda. You know, like, this is how the boy is. And we got Adidas on as a sponsor, BLK as uniform sponsor, shoe clinic is running all his running shoes for him. And we've got food going to him all the time, muesli bars and scroggin and all that sort of stuff. The mother come up and just in tears about, she was praying that this would happen and never knew that God would put someone like me, Brenda, next to him. You know, and a perfect son-in-law, like Brenda said, he's one of those kids that's been brought up right and he was so polite, thank you. I said, you want seconds? Yes. You want more ice cream? Yes. You know, no airs and graces, he says what he wants. And Saturday he scored his first try for St Kent's. You know, so, and I've lied on Facebook about how far he ran with that ball and how many opposition were on top of him when he ran with that ball. And his mother, because she's down in TRO, I go, wow, we ran 100 yards. Well, it was five. <laughs> but I wanted to make mum feel good, you know. <laughs> but, that's, but that's just something that's come out of what we did that we thought, well, let's do something different. And that's what the Sports Academy has come out with, you know. The Glen Innes story, well, we went to Glen Innes. Jono um, goes to St. Columba Church, an incredible guy in himself. Um, he's got the philosophy, let's make school interesting. So the first year we are there, we thought we'd put on a banquet for the, the school at Christmas time because the families weren't celebrating Christmas Day because they couldn't afford it. So that is, was nothing different to them than any other day. So we put on a banquet for 250 people the following year, Brenda comes up with this idea of doing it for 600. And I went, oh no, these Pentecostal ideas again. And I went, how can we feed 600, Scotty? You know, there's $20,000 we're gonna need. Well, as soon as she opened her mouth, we got a phone call from um, Austin's caterers. And she goes, Steve, I hear you were looking at doubling this year. I went, yeah, but I don't know how, uh, don't, don't quote me, because I don't know whether we're gonna double the banquet. She's, oh, I can give you all your turkeys and all your lambs for free. And I went, Brenda, I think you and her are hooked into this one little. And then she rang me back. She said, Steve, the veggies, they're all coming for free as well. We fed 600 people at no cost because all the food was supplied. And then the BNZ rang us and said, hey, we hear what you're doing. Give us some shoe boxes and we'll give you presents for 400 kids. You know, and I'm thinking, I'm bugged. There's someone in the room here. That, and, we, and I went to, down to Rebel Sports and says, how long will it take you to give me 400 shoeboxes? Oh, over the weekend. And I said, gee, what a job this is. Wouldn't mind owning a, a sports shop. You know, 400 pairs of shoes that people didn't want the boxes. How many people did want the boxes that they're not counting the 400 that... Anyway, it's a great job that's that down there. But that's what happened. And, but then again... Another miracle that happened there was the lady that we worked with has got cancer. And she rang me up and she says, Steve, I need a lift to Green Lane to get my test. It's only a 15 minute text, but if I catch buses, I could be out of school for four or five hours. Said, yeah, I'll take you. So just as we arrived at Glen Innes, she says, Steve, I don't like asking for anything, but for the last month, I haven't had a washing machine. Oh, I know, you should have told me. She said, well, I just thought I'll tell you now. So I, I drove her into Green Lane, dropped her outside. I wasn't going to stay because it's all Wilson's parking. So being a little bit budgetary tight, I, I dropped her off and drove and parked in um, Cornwall Park. And if anyone, if you want to know where God is, Cornwall Park 
one place is that, the other place is Murphy's Bush. <laughs> so I, I, par- I parked my car, turned off the, the, the key and my phone rang and it was a friend here who owns Aaron Appliances in Botany. He says, Steve, I've got a washing machine. Do you know anyone who wants one? It's commercial, Big Simpson. And I was like, you know, how did that happen? You know, so when I picked Terry up, I said, oh, uh, your machine will be dropped off tomorrow. You know, what does that do when she gets back and tells the whole community about what God's doing through this Steve fella? You know? um, so the banquet at Glenis has done huge for us. So then John O said, let's get, what can we do to get attendance up? My attendance is 70% in the senior school. So one of the ideas he had, and I, I gave him with a little idea, why don't we supply uniforms for year eight? Kids, so we'll supply, we'll get BLK on board, we'll print them up, look smart, get black shirts, they look like the All Blacks. Yep, but let's do it for year seven and eight. And I went, what? That's double my budget. I'm looking for two and a half thousand dollars. BLK that have come on board with our two sports kids said, hey, we're on board, what do you want? I went, a um, hundred and something, 107 shirts. And we now supply these shirts. Every child gets two shirts in the senior school. Um, next January, we're doing the same thing at Glen Taylor School and we're keeping it going with the year sevens in Glen in this next year. So we're continuing that flow and that we're going to look at doing Glen Bray the following year. The, they started having competitions at Glen in the school about who had the highest attendance rate and the young kids were winning it all the time, which was great. Now they had to stop it because the senior kids are the ones that are winning it. 100% attendance for the senior kids. Yeah. They're not wanting food. They're only doing about five lunches a day. We get told on the TV3 there's a 95% need for lunches at DSO1 schools. We've got 2,000 kids that we're looking after now and we do 20 lunches a day. Yeah, well, you know, that need's not great. Um, but if we take on board all these butter chickens that people are looking at giving the schools, 100% of the kids will want butter chicken for lunch, not their mum and dad's Marmite sandwich. But, so the other story that I want to talk about moving as well was the van. And that's been a need of ours from day one is to get a van. And it was a hard push. And I was thinking, God's not listening to me. He's listened to Weiner and he's listening to, you know, Peter Dyer's with his house burning down. But what about my van? And a beautician lady rang me from St. Harry's Bay and I wonder why she would want to ring me. You know, hardly ageing. So I popped down to her place and saw her and I, I didn't know what she'd do. I don't know what beauticians do. You know, so obviously some of you ladies do know what they do. Looking at Bonnie, looking quite young there, Bonnie. And, she's got a, and you walk in, there's a bed and all these stuff there. And I said, oh, I hate to be rude, but you know, what do you do? And she said, oh, I make people beautiful. And I said, oh, you need to see my wife and daughter. <laughs> So now Danny and Brenda are clients. And um, she got all her people in St. Helier's Bay together. She said, why don't you come and talk to my ladies? And I spoke to these ladies and one lady went off and I said, oh, this is good. She lasted five minutes and she's left the meeting and come back and says, here's 15,000. My husband owns an investment bank, but we don't want to be nothing on your van about who we are. And I went, oh, wow. So then I go to Rotary and said, Rotary, you're in the know. Can you find out where I can get a van from that's cheap? You know, not expensive, give me a deal. Well, after about three months, I was hounding the guy, what's happened with Rotary's connections? He had a stroke. So I went to another Rotarian in his own club and I said, 
nothing's happening about the van. Are you in the know? He says, yeah, I get Mitsubishi vans. I've got 30 in my company. Um, I can get them for 23,000. He says, how much you got? I said, well, 15. He says, here's eight. Now you've got 23. So I go home to Brenda and go, what? We've got 23,000. And she says, well, get hold of Keith, this mate of ours. He'll have contact. So I ring up Keith and says, hey, Keith, I've got 23,000. We need a van. He goes, oh, I'll get hold of Continental Cars. And Continental Cars says, we've got a brand new one here. We'll knock 10,000 off and give it to the ministry. As long as they put our name on the back. Oh, hello. You know? So, and then we're sitting at home on the day and Grant will know this girl, Hillary. We gave this girl a nickname at Paul de Jong's church because she was a strong woman. And she rang, I was sitting at home and I was, the, the car people rang me up and said, Steve, we need 23,500 for the car and it's yours. Come and get it this morning. Yep, I'm there. I went, 500 more. So I yell out to Brenda, Brenda, I need $500. You know, have you got, like, she's just gonna. And then my, then my computer went, which means you got a Facebook message. And I go on there and there's Hillary going, hello, I now work for rent kill We're having a conference today and we want to give you $1,600. I went, oh, I only want five, you know? And it's like God saying, hello, you know, I'm gonna give you over and above what you're asking for because of your faith level. And that, that means, oh, we can insure it. You know, we can put petrol in it. And then the lady that gave us the 15,000 said, hang on, I haven't finished. I wanna put $100 a month in your account to pay for its upkeep. You know, these are non-Christians that are out-Christianing me. You know, so I, I take the van along to Hubbard's to show my van. So here's my van. He goes, it's naked. Yeah, it's white, it's good. No one knows who I am. He said, we'll get a sign written. I said, yeah, but then I've got to watch. I can't speed. I can't, <laughs> can't wave horrible fingers at people. I can't run reds. And he said, no, we'll, we'll sign write it and we'll pay for it. And wow. So, and there's Hubbard's. He's, this is our CFO at Hubbard's and we're going... You know, we always know that one day we're going to lose Hubbard as our, our sponsor because he's going to leave and he's, you know, the new CEO won't like us, although Dick's come down and said, I'll support you guys forever, but Dick's not really there anymore. He's a shadow. He walks in and they just, yes, Dick, no, Dick, and he's got no authority, but he's got authority kind of thing. The CFO come to me two weeks ago and said, Steve, this God of yours, you know, yeah, yeah, he's pretty busy at the moment. He said, the CEO job just come up at, our, at Hubbard's. Couldn't have a word to him. I said, done deal. And, you know, like God, he's almost behind me going, onto it. Well, I got a call last week. Our man's now the CEO of Hubbard's. You know, so, wow. And I said, Brenda, I think we've got Hubbard's for a while, yes. You know, and he rang at the same time, said, you better get here tomorrow. I got five pallets to pick up of cereal. <laughs> so that's that sort of thing. So that's the kind of moving God working with that movement, but it's, it's, this is our five years we've been going. And it's, it's now that things are, it's, it's dangerously, scarily great to be working in what we're doing because every day people are ringing up for something, you know, it was only last week. And I, I, I like talking about things that just happened because it's, oh yeah, that happened 20 years ago that those, you know, that person rose from the dead or something. But last week we got a call to pick up shoes. And we got, 
we, the week before we got Mellons Bay Primary rang up with 100 pairs of shoes. Buckland Beach Primary are onto shoes at the moment. So we've got another 100 pairs coming. St Cuthbert's gave us shoes. So we're kitting out all our schools and, and Chucks and Nikes and Adidas shoes. Um, then out of the blue, this lady rang me up. And what happened two years ago, a lady who was at a shoe ministry, she went in for a minor operation and died. And I went going, oh, wow. She was an incredible lady, Leonie. And now two other women have pulled up, taken on her ministry, and it's doubled. You know, and it's like she's up there orchestrating it all. And these, both these ladies are ringing up, and they call it Leonie's Shoes, what they're doing. And it's, these shoes are incredible. Little ones you get, and you cry when you see them, little chucks for little kids, and you take those to preschools. But it's just amazing that God's given her ministry to two other top powerful woman. One's a teacher at Mellon's Bay and the other one's in the Buckhouse Bay and I've got St Cuthbert kids and I've got diocesan kids and it's just gone on and it's incredible. But with these new shoes I got on Friday, I said, these are classy shoes. You know, and I'm not pulling our people down, but they're quite narrow. And I'm, oh, how am I going to take these to South Auckland? How am I going to take these to Glenlis? So I rang up a farmer down in Whakatane that look after a woman's home and two men's homes. And I said, oh, Judy, I thought I'd give you a call. I got these shoes. She said, I've had a huge call today for shoes. I don't know where to turn to. She said, my husband's on his way to Auckland for a, to pick up a truck. He'll call in and pick them up and take them home. So, you know, God knew that there was another need for those shoes and to keep giving. And we'd, we've done that with what we do. We, we had a rice, comp, rice importer rung up and he's giving us 80 bags of rice every two months. They're 25 kilo bags of rice because he gave them to another, another uh, charity that was selling them. And another charity were taking them to the dump when they got too much. So now we're feeding food banks, South Auckland, Elam Food Bank. Any food bank that are ringing us up, we're just supplying them with the rice. We just believe we've got an open hand that God's given it to us as a, as a conduit to get it out to the people that he wants. And same with Hubbard's. You know, we don't keep much of that to ourselves. But... Last week, probably the one that shocked me the most, my, my wife had been in hospital for a, a dislocated shoulder blade that I had nothing to do with. <laughs> and they fixed it up and they said to her, you're gonna be brown bread for quite a few weeks. You know, you, your husband's gonna have to show you love and cook you dinners and all this, ah, oh, hello. <laughs> Brenda got a call from um, Brussels or Holland or something and said that New Zealand, who are on the, now the Security Council for um, United Nations were about to link up with France and put in a petition enforcing uh, uh, Israel to do something that they didn't think was right. So they said, Brenda, Brenda's got a relationship with the European Coalition for Israel. Would you work with your government? You know, hello, this is my wife in Botany. Would you work with the government in New Zealand and can we get some meetings with the, the, their foreign affairs? And here's like Brenda going, what? You know, said, yep, okay, I'll do it, she says. Pentecostal side, you know, that can do anything through God who strengthens them. So she rings up Parliament and they all start saying yes to her. She rings up Murray McCulley's office, come and see us. She rings up, you know, the, the European friends in Parliament, Winston Peters is one of them. Yeah, come and see us. Every door that, that she tried to open, opened. So then Brenda gets hold of these Dutch people and goes, hey, it's all on. He said, well, I'm flying to Melbourne. Brenda goes, oh, look, we'll meet all your internal costs. You know, let us know. Well, internal to a Dutch person is everything outside of Australia. 
So he gave us a bill for $1,000 to pay for his trip from Melbourne to, to Wellington. And then Brenda goes, I'm taking my intern Danny down, because Danny gets, gets all these trips, not me. They got off to Wellington. One day's notice, the airfares are dear. So that's $1,000 return for airfares. Accommodation, another thousand. I'm going, we haven't got you know, $10 to rub together. What are you? I've got a credit card. Watch God move. Within three days, $3,000 was in our bank account from sources we had no idea were coming. And it's just, before Brenda left, all the money was in her bank account. I said, but hang on, you're not even supposed to be flying. You're supposed to be in bed rest. I'm supposed to be cooking your meals, remember? Making the bed and telling you I love you and all this sort of stuff. And next minute she said, look, my arm, it's... Oh yeah, she's playing on this one. Well, when she came back from Wellington, she went to the specialist to get the stitches out. They couldn't find where the stitches were. She had 50% movement, which she should have had 5%, and they're stunned. They're going, I don't know what's, what's happened here. And Brenda goes, oh, I work it out. But what happened in Parliament? Every door that opened, opened hugely. The ambassador for Israel was there. He said, Let's, you and I have a relationship. The people in Parliament said, Brenda, keep talking with us. Everything that you're wanting to do, we want to do as a government in Israel ourselves. It's, we want to do the right thing. Brenda went down there not with, here's the Bible, this is, what, this is what God's saying in the Bible, so you've got to do what God said. And Brenda went down there and said, this is what international law says. Let's obey international law. Yeah, good idea, let's do that. Let's look after the Palestinian children as much as these Israeli children. They're all God's children. Good idea. Everything like that. These, and now Brenda's come back and go, I think I'm doing a few trips to Wellington. <laughs> Great. We had no idea that God was going to open that door, you know. And but one of the things that we do, you see on the back of the truck there, it's a van that's got Zion Ministries signpost to the nation. I thought, oh, I don't want to put that on there because they'll know I'm a Christian. Then I got to really behave. <laughs> but you know, one of the things when you, one of the things that we do, what we do, Brenda does, is start teaching the Hebraic understanding of the Bible. What when the people wrote it, what they meant when they wrote it. And one of those things, the Hebrew word for work and worship is the same. Wow. So six days a week, you're actually worshipping God with what you do. And that's where you understand the Hebraic way of doing things. You know, and that's where we've gone. It's like when I was in the police, when you learn the law of the land, you learn what did the people who wrote that law mean when they wrote it? It's exactly the same with the Bible. When Ian's studying his Bible, what did, it goes way back to the Greek and the Hebrew and way back to understand what they meant when they wrote it. And that's what, we're, that's what Brenda does on the side. And it just works out that that's kind of what we're doing, what we are. So where to from here? Um, we went to three headmasters in Glenlinus and said, if I had money, what would you want us to do? And they gave me a bucket list. And I went, what? That was a bit stupid going to them asking that question. And they wanting trips and uniforms and sports equipment and rep teams and kapa haka. And I went, whoa, how can we get money for that? And it worked out about 90,000 a year. We got no idea how we're gonna raise that funds. Rotary Epsom got hold of Rotary Mission Bay and told them about what we're doing. Well, the guy at Rotary Mission Bay went to Salon College with me. He says, we will join you. New Zealand Rotary found out what these two guys are doing with Breakfast Club. They said, we'll join you. USA Rotary were here on a, a fact-finding mission and said, we will join you guys in what's happening in Glen Innes. And I'm sitting back and going, God, what the heck is going on here? 
you know, it's like things are moving. Where what we're doing in Gleninus is going to work. There's nine schools. Imagine if we got food banks in that whole area and we've got clothing drives and we've got whiteware and all that sort of thing. No longer do we need food. No longer do we need breakfast. Now, that's what we want to achieve in that area um, with what Roach we're doing. So we get gardens in all of the schools. We'll get all the breakfast clubs diminished to nothing to be a Milo club. You know, Already they're asking us to pray for their people and when they go on trips. That's never been there before. You know, and a lot of churches go into a breakfast club and they go in at seven and out at nine. No, the school's inviting you into that school to do more. You know, we've got people turning up to Glenis with shoes and socks and answering my Facebook pleads. But there, John will say, oh, what are you? And she's like, oh, I'm a retired teacher. Oh, why don't you stay? and help our kids reading one-on-one. What are you? I'm a grandmother. We need grandmothers in our schools. Can you come and read to the kids? Can you just be there for some of the kids? You know, you think that who you are is what you are. You know, I'm a re- retired policeman, whatever. But that's not, it's, what you do in the police is quite methodical. You know, like what Grant does is talk to people all day. <laughs> you know, but that's, that's a talent that you need to be able to talk to anyone at their level. And that's what God's given him to do. So that's a talent that you've got that you probably didn't know you had. They don't want to buy things from Grant, but hey, but he can talk to them. You know, like none of us can. And that's how we can learn the talents that you have. Even Bonnie's got talents. <laughs> hey, Bonnie. That guy next to you is talented. But just find out what God has got for you. Pray about it and, and get off your butt and do it. And come to Ian and say, hey, we're doing this. Don't come to Ian and say, I've got an idea, Ian. I need some funding. No, no, you don't want funding. Get off your butt and do it and come to Ian and tell him how you're doing it. Because what the biggest thing I get from St. Columba is prayer. And that's what Ian can give you and orchestrate that in the church. We've got something happening at the school. I want our prayer to get behind it. And that's what we've got to do. Don't go here, I need money. I want God to talk to me. Do it. It's like Nike, grab that quote off them, just do it, and it will happen. Lord, I just thank You for the the opportunity You've given Brenda and I and Danny and what we're doing. It's scary at times. It would be good to know what Your plans are, but no, I don't want to know what Your plans are. If I'd have known now what You're going to do five years ago, I'd be still running like Forrest Gump. So Lord, we just ask that You Keep with us, be faithful to us and make sure that we're faithful to your word. And we ask for your wisdom come down on us and wisdom come down on this church today that if you've spoken to someone on their heart to do something out there for your people, for your children, start those people today. Today is a good day to start. So Lord, we thank you instilling that into us and bless you for this church. Amen. Amen. Folks, the Bible says that God has given each of you special abilities. Be sure to use them to help one another. Steve was a cop for many years. He could have said, oh, I'm just going to be a cop for the rest of my life and I'll do what I can in the area of making sure justice is done. A very worthy cause. But life is short and God has motivated Steve as he was open to as a living sacrifice to be salt and light in the community what I love about Steve is he took initiative 
He responded, not knowing exactly how it would work out, but said, God, use my life. And God has clearly blessed him. And my hope for every one of you is that you will realise how short time is. David said, Lord, teach me to number my days that I may present to you a heart of wisdom. Roll the clock forward. If Steve continues, by the grace of God, he will. And it will increase his influence of salt and light in this world. When he stands before the Father, you'll say, Father, you gave me this and this is what I did with it. You and I will stand before our Father one day too. And my hope and my sincere prayer is that you will listen to the Spirit of God as He draws you, as He challenges you, as He woos you, and you will respond positively and in faith and say, God, I am willing to do whatever you call me to do. Because I realise there's all of eternity to enjoy the fruits and the favour and the rich reward of your kingdom. Whilst I'm here, may my ears be opened May my eyes see clearly what you're calling me to do. Father, thank you for Steve and Brenda and Daniel. I pray that, Lord, you will bless them. We pray as a family that, Lord, you will continue to increase their influence for your kingdom's sake. Lord, that they may assist the poor. That, Lord, they may educate these young ones in your principles, Father. That, Lord, lives may be changed and communities drawn to your wonderful and precious love. In Jesus' strong and powerful name. And all the people sit here enthusiastically. Amen. God bless you.